Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Well, happy Monday, October 17th. Let this be a Q day, I guess. That's the 17th letter of the alphabet. You hear a lot about the white hats versus the black hats, and they all use 17 to, to do important things. So we'll see if something prophetic or or just phenomenal, not necessarily uh, prophetic. But uh, anyway, it's an important day probably. But every day, it's like that. Uh, we used to sing that song, This is the day that the Lord has made. Well, it's a scripture. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And uh, so we would sing it on a special day, the day we went to church, as this is the day uh, that the Lord has made. But the bottom line is every single day, including this day, is the day that the Lord has made. Even um, the prophetic ministry, as you know, is primarily, first and foremost, a ministry of uh, encouragement, exhortation, and comfort. That's 1 Corinthians, I think it's 14. Um one, one to three, I think, who, who, whoever prophesies, um, prophesies for a man's encouragement, edification, and comfort. Some say encouragement, exhortation, and comfort, and so the exhortation would mean different things. But um, the, then Hebrews says, uh, as long as it's called today, all he's, this is to all God's people, he says, as long as it's called today, in other words, this day, the day that the Lord has made, any day that is called today, uh, encourage one another. So you can never live on a day that's not called the day. So the the exhortation of God's people is to encourage each other on any day that's called the day. And for another hint, um, at least uh, in our language, I don't know how how it sounds in other languages. Probably the same. But I mean, uh, any day that any day of the week that ends in day should be a day to encourage people. And it just happens that every single day of the week ends the day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So anyway, you all know that, but there was a time I didn't even know that. And someone would say that and I'd go, hey, you're right. Every day does end in day. So anyway, I digress, but welcome to the broadcast. Uh, I am Steve Schultz, founder, along with my wife of both the Elijah List right here, where we send you the programs every day. Um, you will receive... Uh, programs every day at this at your inbox from if you subscribe here it's free sometimes it's the day after the actual event so johnny will be on today and sometime later today or tomorrow sometime you'll probably get his program sent to you in your inbox as well so you can forward it to others and then they just click the link so anyway welcome to the broadcast a quick um announcement we told you a few weeks ago that because of the grief that youtube was giving us we would um we would not be back on youtube until december december 1 because we were going to wait till all the strikes expired and then we would start fresh on december 1 so we said we'll just be on rumble till december 1 well that's changed because even though we committed no infraction they decided to delete our channel. Wow. They just deleted it. They deleted it outright. They they took what amounts to, this would be like if we had a whole studio built and thousands and thousands of people coming to see it, um, the program because of the studio. This was as if they took a bulldozer and bulldozed it to the ground because they could without any legal consequences to themselves. They don't go to jail. They might as well lit a match to that channel. We took years to build it, and they decided they didn't like us, so they deleted us outright. 
And so um, some people wanted me to start again. We'll stay on Rumble, then we'll start up again. And I'm saying, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to talk to the the arsonist that burned us to the ground and say, hey, thanks for that, uh, giving us a fresh start, and, and, and let's do it again. No, we're not going to do that. Now, having said that, American Warriors is on YouTube. Elijah Fire is on YouTube, so they're there. We're not, we're not going to take those off. But um, having said that, we're going to talk about today's. Um, be sure, but be sure and tell your friends that, that we're not going. We're only going to be on Rumble and Elijahlist.com and Facebook. Elijahstreams.com. Sorry. All right. So today's American Warrior uh, episode. Here we go. I'm going to read it, and then we'll play the clip for you. Um, it was considered possibly the most dangerous position on a B-17, the small cramped bubble under the belly of the plane with guns firing at ear level. Carl was too big to have his parachute with him in that bubble, so he had to leave it above in the plane. Um, he, he told his, par his parents, based on his training, he was probably not going to return, but he was going, he was going anyway. 96-year-old Carl and tell us his story while he's giving us a tour of the B-17. By the way, if anyone ever saw that uh, movie called Memphis Bell, um, it, it was about that. It had a scene there where a guy stuck in a bubble below the plane, and uh, it barely fits in, and he got jammed in that plane, so it's probably something similar to that. But uh, having said that, let's go ahead. Oh, and there, uh, let's go ahead and uh, play that uh, clip right now. Here we go. As country folk, we all know that mentality and that's how things are done. If you're big enough to reach, strong enough to pick something up, then that's what you did and that's what you were expected to do. Carl, as I know him, is a very unique individual. He's a quiet, humble man, has a passion for animals in the country. At 96, most people are in a retirement home kind of waiting to go away. Um, he's here for a man who still gets in his pickup feeds his cows, crawls up on his tractors, works his ground. It's amazing to see this man not give up. I've been ranching basically all my life. I started riding horses at two, and I started working, driving team and wagon when I was five. We moved here in 76, and we're doing stuff on a ranch. Carl would come out and be one of those cowboys. My name is Carl Chul. I was born March 13th, 1926. I went by the name of Youngin on the crew. My mom and dad said, no, we don't want you to go. And I said, well, I'm going. I said, you've been real good parents to me. I said, I've had a good life. The way we've been being trained, I said, I won't be coming home. Amazing, amazing man! With some of those people, not just in World War II, which that was, but you know, all the whole, all the wars, Korea, um, Vietnam. Uh, you know, then they had the the Gulf Wars one and two. Uh, including all of these battles of Fallujah, these famous battles, um, um, all of that amazing. It's amazing what men and women have had to endure in order to help um, bring freedom around the earth, and, and including our own. So one quick uh, also correction, uh, Elijah Clips is still on YouTube. So it's the main flagship program that you're watching right now that's not going to be on YouTube anymore because we're not going to let them bulldoze us down and then start up again. So that's the thought there. 
All right. I think that's all we have as announcements. It's time to watch Johnny Enlo unfiltered. So here we go. 1349 hours declaring it a riot. My message hasn't changed. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You must from now on target darkness in your society. We are almost there. The pain is for the awakening. The awakening is for your children. Well, greetings, Johnny. So how are you? I understand you had some weather. Yeah, well, we're doing uh, great, Steve. Good to see you. Yeah, I was telling you, this is a pretty good kind of goes with a, yeah. a good shofar story as well. Awesome. Uh, a couple of days ago, we had this sudden out of nowhere. We weren't prepared for it. Um, tornado tornado warning. Felt, felt like it's kind of late in the year and all that kind of stuff as well here in the Nashville area. And literally, well, we have a daughter that's 15 minutes away and she was hearing, you know, the sirens, the sirens that say it's been spotted somewhere. And then a daughter 30 minutes away and, and she was hearing it and swirling black clouds. And it was, you know, TV was being interrupted, take shelter immediately, damaging winds wow. and radar had already picked it up. Like they Jeez. didn't know of any, they didn't, they couldn't, it was happening too fast. And so, and then it was on us. Like we, we didn't know this like from hours before it was just, I think 20, 30 minutes ahead of time. Well, actually, cause my, one of my daughters is closest to it called and said, they're saying a, a tornado. So we had, you know, one of my daughters was uh, leading the charge to get everybody into a, a middle room and uh, in our place. And while they're getting there, I was like, well, I'm not going there. And I ran and got my shofar. And so I, um, I, I went outside and kind of in the swirl of everything there, I said, Tornado, I'm going to blow this shofar. You must pull up. You must quit rotation and you must move. And and so I just blew the show. In fact, I blew it two, three, four times. Like uh, the the more vicious kind of was a warring tool there. And all in, you know, five, ten minutes, very hard rain came in, but it was it was done. And then I had yet another daughter, as you know, we have four daughters. Another daughter was 30 minutes in the path of it. And so I was calling her and she's like, well, it's not going to come here now. And then I was turning on the TV and they said, well, we've changed uh, the warning. It, it lifted up, it lifted off. And so, you know, I'm not going to directly say that that happened because of my shofar blowing, but I'm also not going to say it wasn't well, I mean, if you were Cat Kerr, you would absolutely credit that. I, I see no problem with you crediting it, especially if you've been having success. I have a question to ask you about because first, first of all, I believe that I believe you accomplished that, you know, because you, I've seen the other things that have, that have happened to it. So um, I think you, I'm, I'm convinced you did. I, so, but here's my question: When you blow the show far and the and the swirling hurricane, or in this case, tornado obeyed is it the demonic that has to take his hands off it or is it the actual storm that doesn't have a soul that is obeying how how do you see that well i've had you know i don't have full understanding i do know that there has been um i've had there's a whole nother uh story i don't know if i've told before but where I, there was i was needing the storm a storm to to stop and and so 
it, and and I was praying to the Lord, and and I and I was, I was like, this because what was happening was excess rain. We had three days consecutive rain, mm. and it was we were in Atlanta. It was a storm of the century one, and and it was. Um, it was a fulfillment of a, a word I was giving as in the days of Noah and it started raining and it hadn't rained anything, I think in four weeks at, at all. Mm. And it started raining and, and, you know, the newspaper even said as in the days of Noah. And so it was kind of, it was kind of cool on the one hand, but then it was now flooding even the freeways and, and, and it was just, it kept coming and it was forecast. It was a Monday. It was forecast for the rest of the week until, uh, through uh, till the weekend. And I was like, Oh my, I was like, Lord, we can't make it with that kind of rain. I appreciate the confirmation, even the newspaper saying as in the days of, of Noah, the flooding that came wow. in. And, and, uh, and so I said, could you please tell, speak to the storm? And he's like, why don't you, why don't you? <laughs> and, um, and what, what, actually there's a, a preliminary understanding. He says, what happens is he says creation got excited because you did it in the context of a word that said, this is going to be the outpouring of the Lord that comes upon this nation. It will be the news. There will be no other story, but the outpouring of the Lord. And so this is a sign says creation got excited to hear that storyline. And I was like, wow, well, they, they, well, I appreciate it, but they need to see the uh, you know the excitement over it and he's like well you tell him so i just went outside and it was a different thing rather than warring against demons and considering it the enemy i said listen creation i understand you're excited to hear about you know fulfillment of romans 8 creation groans and travails for the revealing of the sons and i'm telling you it's going to happen wow and i said i'm going to blow the show far now if you get the word out we need this rain to stop we cannot have seven more days uh, of of rain here and so I just, it was four o'clock in the afternoon and it was just pouring rain and I just blew it once. And, and within 15 minutes, the rain stopped. We had no more rain. Wow. The whole rest of the week. In fact, the whole pattern of, of uh, flooding stopped. And so there was this thing of learning to talk with creation. So like yeah. yesterday I was speaking to, I go, whatever demonics in here, you stop now. Then I speak to creation. I say, creation, hey, let's work together. We don't need this. So I, wow. I know I know creation gets disturbed by sin, by other things. I don't know what kind of, um, I don't want to attribute mental facilities to it. But when he says creation groans and travails, it does. he's acting like there's an intelligence to it. So Yeah, I mean, it does say cre all creation groans waiting for the an expectation for the manifestation of the sons of God. That's a pretty close quote. That may not quite be exact, but it's really close to that. Um, so now Cat will Cat talks about in heaven everything is alive, the trees, the grass, everything. Uh, but she she would I think she said, I think I've heard her say they don't have a soul, of course, but they're alive. So we, we think of alive in only one sense as uh, you know, a brain, a soul, or something. But it sounds like you're saying or intimating that in a similar way, creation is alive on the earth, um, maybe not to the degree it is in heaven. I'm not making an exact correlation, and not because it has a soul. Um, but it, does that sound about right, creation? Well, it not only sounds right, it's really scientifically known to be a, the truth. We'll, we'll say the New Agers know this as well, that if they'll speak to flowers and they'll speak to their garden, they realize if you're kind and loving to your plants, they'll produce better and do better. And so there's some Amazing. kind of intelligence responding to something there. Amazing. 
so so sometimes you know there's you just get a sense in your spirit if the enemy's trying to do something or if if creation is backlashing for some reason of its own and just try to get the mind of Christ towards it. Yeah, do you I'm going to ask this this is just popped in my head but to ask you this. I know we haven't got into your your topic today but um do you feel like sometimes when when God's people, his own people are not listening to him and taking his role, he'll give it to someone who's not following him and we have to learn it from them. That almost sounds like you're describing what happened with New Age kind of grabbed hold of this. And and I'm not trying to say, therefore, New Age is correct, but what, what are your thoughts about that whole area? No, I think it's a, a very worthwhile conversation. And I think in many areas, particularly many areas of supernatural, there is a, a, a different sector of society that is doing a much better job of stewarding spiritual truths than the body of Christ are. <laughs> That's and, just like sobering, man. I mean, it's just it's just the truth. And, you know, back to, we'll say, New Agers, um, there's a whole lot of things that they uh, espouse, that they believe, it, that I believe is, is, is better theology than what comes out of a lot of fundamental processing in the household of God. They Crazy. just miss, they don't make the final, it's like if you're playing the dot, you know, connect the dots and you do, and they just, the last dot, they miss the connection. It's to God. This is, this is him. And so they make it uh, independent of him, which kind of ruins. ruins well, they'll credit it to the universe as if yeah. the universe is, has an intelligence, but not really, but yes, it does, but no, he doesn't. It's like they're, they're all over the board. Well, you know, the universe is preparing. Well, how does the universe prepare you if he doesn't have a brain and a loving heart, right? So I don't know. Well, those those that have immersed themselves deeply into it, they, they, you know, the ones that are considered spiritual New Agers and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, there may be all kinds of demonic they've interacted with, but I'll just tell you, they'll pick up quickly. They'll say, oh, wow, you have it. They'll talk about an aura. You have mm-hmm. an amazing aura. There's a lot of energy on you, they'll be discerning and picking up something from the spirit that should be just. Uh, we're not encouraging anyone to be new agers, but right. that's discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits, we should be able to look at somebody and be able to tell not just what comes out of their mouth. This thing of you shall know them by their fruit um, is not just if they can manage to say the exact right words out of their mouth, but what what do you pick up from them when you hear them, you know, and so they know to trust these spiritual dynamics more even than their natural dynamics. And at times, you know, the body of Christ in their interest on it's since our niche is the prophetic as well. It's amazing how much I hear everywhere about beware of false prophets right now, false prophets, false prophets, false prophets. There's an element of truth, but I would just for once would like someone who is warning about false prophets telling who the true ones are. And if if the only true ones are ones in scripture from hundreds of years ago, that also explains why a, a ton of I think we mentioned it last time, a ton of the psychic networks funny comes from Christians calling it. Oh, we have man. so oppressed and suppressed in, in this heightened fear of allowing false prophecy or the false prophets to exist. We suffocate. We're going to make sure not to be deceived by false prophets. So we have nothing but brain power functioning and so we we have uh, you know i i i've found this to be a reality that the church that doesn't allow the prophetic to flow in some way in it in some way 
is neutralized from uh, from from fruitfulness. It's like you just it, there's there's a death that takes place yeah, in that type of congregation. Like- Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com and click the Donate Today button. It's like it's like if you show the Holy Spirit the door, he'll leave. If you say, we're not going to do that, he'll say, okay, let me know when you want me back, right? So let me make a comment about the New Age thing, too, because to make sure people know what we're saying, what we're not saying. A new age can be we're aware of all many, many aspects of eternal things. But if they don't know the eternal creator, it doesn't matter. You can know things that are going to happen. You can see dark and light auras and all of that. But if you don't receive the, the creator of those things, it it's all lost. Am I, am I saying that about right? Well, correct. And they can also be led astray no. if to the depending on the depth of how they've gone into what they're doing and if they've been connected to a lying spirit a familiar spirit that's also just misleading them um um then it's yeah it's 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 there's no recommendation of it that we're doing other than to say that there are you know there are elements of what god has made available to his people that other groups there, other groups will emphasize the unity. Other groups will emphasize um, speaking loving words and caring and being kind. And and so they will they will extract kingdom realities mm. that are separate from the king. But they're actually doing a better job of stewarding kingdom truth than the sons of the kingdom. You know, that's what it's yeah. exactly what Jesus came and rebuked is like this thing's going to be taken away from you, the sons of the kingdom and given to another because you won't steward it. You won't steward it. You won't properly honor what I am, who I am and what I'm doing here. Well, you know, there is that scripture where Jesus was saying, wiser. I don't have this memorized, but yeah. wiser are they those in the world than those in the kingdom? Is it, it goes something like that. Right? It, in other words, he was pointing out that there was more wisdom in, in sometimes in in people outside the kingdom it was like i couldn't believe he was saying that what do you mean are you telling us to follow after them lord no but he said but he was saying the wisdom you could learn a few things i guess well and it's specifically see i grew up under so much of a, a religious spirit that there's just nothing meaner and worse than growing up well you too as far as what you grew up a religious spirit it's so oppressive Mm -hmm. it's so joyless Mm -hmm. it's so adventureless it's so and and they embrace it like i've shared before they're like well brother it's a serious hour there's no time for you know you can't be joyful and a silly spirit and this and that and the other and so there's just like nothing that kills creativity more kills joy more kills adventure more kills who Jesus really is, kills who God is than a religious spirit. And we just have so much of that goes under the name church is just religiosity and is detestful to everybody Mm. other than other religious spirit inhabited people. Yeah, no, I mean, you're right. I agree. We both both grew up and I think, I think yours, you and I were, were raised in a religious church who some of the people knew the Lord. But there, in my case, it was a borderline cult. I'm not calling it a cult. I'm just saying there were, we were so close that you, one more step further, you know, I don't know if you felt how you felt about your, your upbringing um, 
it gets so close to we're in charge and he's not, or, or he's in charge, but we're, you know, we don't want to do anything to bother him or scare him or upset him because he might squash us like a bug. These are serious and sober times. And, you know, and then somehow amidst all of that, there's all this hidden sin underneath both in my, in my they go together. Too. They go together because it's got to find it's out somewhere. When you do, when you well, because the atmosphere, the religious atmosphere, is a judgmental atmosphere, and yeah. so a religious spirit will be that which is involved the most in talking about exposing all kinds of things when it's not a legitimate thing God's doing at all, including yeah. the prophetic and everything else. And so, in that in that religiosity and in, in the oppression that it that it brings, um, yeah, we have it, it was similar. What, what we grew up in. And, and so it, it's, it's just so, so I don't know how to say any other way than just say so distasteful and, and so um, not representative who our God is. You know, it's, it, I, I like to quote A.W. Tozer, what you think about God is the most important thing about you. And when you think that he has no sense, I grew up, thinking he had no sense of humor. Right. He is looking over your shoulder all the time. It's like, right. mm -hmm. and he's mainly disgusted with you because yes. we don't, it doesn't matter how perfect, even if you're not doing the advanced sins, we'll say, you know, you had an attitude of, of, com, of competitive, a comp competitive attitude. You had um, a belittling attitude you had towards somebody in your mind. You thought that person's crazy. Mm -hmm. And you're like, so you're, you're in this, you know, compulsive self-corrective mode over and over and over. Mm -hmm. And he's there and that's that's who he is. And it's no wonder why a God, when he's presented that way, is not attractive. You know, the scripture says, if I'm lifted up, I will draw all men to me. We see yeah. from the first day Jesus begins his ministry after John the Baptist has said, repent. The kingdom of God is here. Jesus begins to show up. And as he manifests the kingdom, the king's way of doing everything. The, mul the multitudes, the crowds follow him. They've never seen anything like this before. The only people that learn to be, uh, you know, mean to him and want to stay away or attack him are the religious are the religious spirit people. That was the Pharisees. But it's like his first time he showed up after being baptized by John. He goes through the the wilderness, the desert experience where the enemy Satan tempts him for forty days. He begins his ministry and he said, you know. He would speak to people. The kingdom of God is here. Then he would heal everything. And so they found a God who wasn't, you know, you don't hear when even when he says repent, the kingdom is here. That word repent was not a you sorry sinners. I've been looking over and I see what you're doing. They had a whole system for dealing with sins. The sacrificial system does not get interrupted till Jesus dies on the cross. So he wasn't saying he wasn't offering another way of dealing with their sins at that point because he had not yet paid the price. He hadn't even told them about it. So he's saying, repent, change the way you're thinking. You better rethink everything. The kingdom of God is here. This is not something to run from, not something to be avoided, not something to go hiding like Adam, Adam, Adam and Eve run to the king. And it says the crowds came and it was Decapolis, 10 cities and from Syria and across to Jordan. And so he has his first time he's going to begin sharing the discourse of heaven in Matthew chapter five, you know, called the Beatitudes and you are salt and you are light. And when you pray, pray kingdom come on earth 
as it is in heaven. It was like they did have to repent and change their way of thinking. It's like, no, no, this is not what I learned in my denomination. This is I thought I thought if the king comes, he's going to uh, he's just going to tell rules. Really, 90 percent of the pastors, elders in the group that I grew up in, their entire message was chiding the church into you need to stop this. You're watching too much TV. There's not enough time praying. You're doing too much. You're not doing enough. It's just. Yeah. It's just, oh, it sounds like you're reading my mail, you know. Pharisee, Pharisee, Pharisee. I remember when yeah. I first re- read, you know, I was reading myself out of this denomination and into an actual relationship with the Lord. And again, I'm not claiming that nobody had a relationship. It was just rare to see someone that was alive with it. And not anyone talking about the Lord speaking to him per se, but I, you know, when Jesus is on the cross, he finally says it is finished. His entire, um, the war has ended. Um, salvation has been paid for. Uh, then the part that stuck, stood out to me when I said, well, wait a minute, at that moment, an invisible hand goes to the, you know, is in the Holy of Holies, rents the, the veil from top to bottom, which is way up there. And I understand it was really thick. So it would be a supernatural event. They rip that thing open as if to say, in case you were wondering what this meant, what I just did or what my son just did. How We don't know what, what all happened, how that happened. Probably God himself, you know, but he just ripped that thing. That whole system of you got to do this and this has to be covered and you got to tie a rope around the priest. And that whole system of taking care of sins was wiped out in one moment and by that i don't know that made a lot of sense to me when i when i learned that no you know that the word gospel means good news and if if you have to contort it to say well it's good news that if you leave your sin and you stop doing this and it's it's like it's just good news at first at first glance at first sight at first hearing it's good news yeah and we're not saying that this is okaying um all kinds of sin and all that kind of stuff. But we, if you just follow Jesus' first message, the first thing he did was praise them for recognizing there was more. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom. Blessed are this. Blessed are that. And it was uh, those who, if you're hungering and thirsting for righteousness, the meek will inherit. I'm here to help you inherit your land, your cities, your nation. Before he ever talked to them about heaven, be ever before he ever talked to them about their personal sins, he actually drew them up into a bigger narrative. He, he connected them to the kingdom meta narrative that they were a part of. The king is here. He's from the invisible realm, the kingdom of heaven, and he rules and reigns in this realm. And he wants to partner with his sons and daughters and showcasing his kingdom, showcasing all the aspects of this king and his kingdom in every area of society. This is the invitation. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. He tells his first congregation who's not saved, they're not filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's because, and if I need to explain that for some, it's like, wait, 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 wait. He's, are you saying you're the light of the world can apply to people who are not saved or not filled with the Holy Spirit? I'm not telling you. Jesus did. Wow. Just wow. Matthew, Matthew chapter five. It's his first crowd, his first congregation. There can't be salvation because Jesus has not yet died on the cross and brought in the new covenant. The New Testament doesn't start in Matthew 1. The New Testament starts as soon as Jesus lays down, sheds his blood. He's the sacrificial lamb for the sins. And then whosoever will believe in that, that becomes your, 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 your salvation. 
But that that is that was not yet made available, nor the Holy Spirit. Jesus made it very clear to his disciples, look, I'm going to go, but it's better for you because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and he's going to teach you all things. He'll remind you of things. And so you wonder like, well, yeah, how could he say you are the light of the world then? And it's I got to ask you this question. What about that? You know, the woman at the well and all that. And then she brings him into the city and it says they all believed on him. Is that not salvation? Is that just like the precursor? Yeah, that is. So let me make this finish that point. Oh, though, go ahead. Because I just in case people haven't heard me say this before. And if you've heard the doctrine of original sin, yeah, how dare he? Why isn't he being like a typical crus crusadist evangelist saying like, you all are sinners lost in sin. You're headed to hell. But today you can make a change. Jesus didn't preach that way. He said, you are the light of the world. Jeez. How can you say you are the light of the world before Isn't they've it? repented? And it's because he's speaking not to original sin. He's speaking to original design. He sees them before they go there because we're going back to original sin is about when we're born to our human parents. He's going back to your heavenly parent, your father. He's the father of lights. So when he says you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world to his first crowd who doesn't know Jesus as Savior, who doesn't know the Holy Spirit. He is speaking to original design. He is speaking to original glory. And he's like, essentially, if you understand the connection, the connecting of the dots, being born again is where you accept alignment with your original design. Oh, I am a son of God. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You agree with it. And then of course, as the plan of redemption is laid out and you understand you need the blood of the lamb to save you from your sins, you cannot enter and have eternal life. You don't have eternal access apart from um, the redemption that is provided through him, not through any other work. So when it says they they believed um, back to the story you're talking about, the Samaritan. Yes. In a, in a we'd say in an informal way, we like to tell that story as well as like there's one word of knowledge and it leads to a whole city coming to the Lord. And there is a good application. It's it's nice. But they, they it just means they believed he was the son of God, which or he, he believed he was the Lord in some way. It really doesn't give us a ton of explanation, but that would carry on if they could believe on him ahead of time. You would assume that that counts uh, for them moving forward. But it wasn't in the traditional way we would think of um where where the plan of redemption is is yeah. laid out because we don't understand him as, as having told them i'm about to die on the cross yeah. my blood will be shed like he didn't lay out what we consider the, yeah. the paradigm for for salvation but yet something in them they like this is god we believe him and and that we would say probably was credited to him but again we we're not given the privilege of the rest of the story there yeah Fascinating, fascinating. Well, you know, we took longer than I thought on this this part, but I was very, very. I know a lot of people got a lot of benefit out of this, including me. Well, what what's on your heart to bring today? Well, I just had um, a couple of things, and then you know, maybe there are some. We, I know we haven't given time for for questions, and um, I, I yeah. made note in my mind that. Yeah. Kanye West is buying, it's announced today that he's buying Parler, which is a social I media that. Yeah, platform. Wow. So if we have, if we have some of these billionaires that, um, and, and they want it committed to freedom and yeah, it's, you know, I was shaking my head just thinking of 
what you lost there, it's it is amazing. You just have to move forward, Steve. But yeah, for for YouTube to have the right to what you build for 10 and 20 years, that would be the equivalent of just tens of millions of dollars of building up in all kinds of way in the lists and everything. And then just to uh, just eliminate. Uh, bulldoze it over. Just like bulldoze it over. There's got to be lawsuits for that in the future. I just got to, I got to say for y'all as well, there's just yeah. no way they they can be allowed just to do they that. Know because everyone, they do that. They know they're not just stopping a controversial person that doesn't agree with them. They know they're destroying uh, potentially for different people. You know, I don't know how to put a dollar figure on it. They know they're destroying many tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars worth of activity. They know they're doing it. They're even doing it to their own hurt because they were placing ads, their own ads on those. They were making a lot of money. They're doing it to their own hurt, which tells you a couple of things. It's not really run on a, on a true business model. Mm-hmm. It's run on a deep state model, which is you serve the purposes of the influence. And so that's uh, of influencing the narrative of society in the way you we want you to. And if you don't, we're going to pull the plug. So you understand it's not really a social media company. It's a mm-hmm. propaganda company. Mm-hmm. And so they're in. we are in uh, ever more desperate times for them. And I could speak a long time about that, but I know you have some others that speak into that as well. And I'll just briefly say, yeah, it's very, very, very serious times for the enemy, the dark side. And they're trying to create serious backlash with the things they do. And that's one of the things that's one of their desperate acts is, you know, unreasonable for them to. You, you didn't even from your your previous strike. We don't have to go into that anymore. You didn't even have any a chance to show. Okay, we're backing off some. There's like no a year ago you had something mm-hmm. else. It's like there's there's ridiculousness um, there. And so a kind of a phrase I got um, from the Lord for right now. It's not even necessarily the direction. It's just the truth. Um, a multi generational changing of the guard is taking place, and and I believe that terminology that. Uh, changing of the guard is taking place. And and I know others are saying that because it's kind of obvious. And there was some, you know, pictures, I think, even of the guard uh, where Queen Elizabeth had passed away, just passed, uh, you know, fell down. And somebody was saying, oh, there's a changing of the guard taking place. There's a prophetic picture. But this multi-generational changing of the guard is about a displacement of families who've been there multiple generations, who think they're going to be there multiple generations from now, and they're not. They have been, they have had written on their walls by the Lord Himself, Mene, Mene, Tekel, Eupharsin, and it is you have been found, you have been weighed in the balance, and you've found been found wanting, and there is a removal from the roots. Oh my goodness! Just as I said it, I could hear in my own spirit, almost audible. <laughs> Like being pulled out of powers that have been there multi-generationally. And it it is done. It is done. They are, it's been decreed against them. It's already in process. A lot of it is already there's some things taking place right now, or the equivalent of a chicken. Once you cut its head off, it shows more might and power after its head's cut off, but he's Mm -hmm. actually dead. And it's um, you know, I'm sorry if that's too strong, violent of a picture, but uh when I was back on in Peru, South America on a farm as one of my, my jobs as a teenager was killing, beheading chickens and preparing 
them for our community eating. And it was just the craziest thing how much muscle and power a chicken that's severed from his head would have. And there's a lot of severing of the head that's already taken place. And so there's a lot of kicking. And you had to stay away from the chickens because really if they couldn't hurt you before, they could hurt you the most um, with, you know, how hard they could hit you while while they're flopping in their death. And maybe not everyone. So I saw that as a little boy. I'm four, four years old. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com and click the Donate Today button to become a partner today. And I, the neighbor was slaughtering his chickens, so he invited me over. That was the freakiest thing I've ever seen. That thing will run and run. <laughs> I don't remember how long, but at least it was a minute or two. I don't know how long it will go. but And it will backlash and kick. Well, it's the same way. You cut the head off a snake. You separate them, and and literally both will keep moving. <clears throat> you know it's the crazy. head and the tail. <clears throat> and literally, if you just put yourself in harm of the mouth, you could actually um, be hurt in a way from that. So there's a lot of things where the death sentence from heaven has already been executed. The executor from heaven has already beheaded a lot of things that we're concerned about. And some are still in process. I don't I can't say I fully know what all is taking place. But this is a multi-generational changing of the guard that's taking place. And and in this displacement, there is going to be room for it really connects to this word I've been giving regularly on Isaiah 61. The spirit of the sovereign Lord's upon me has anointed Mm -hmm. me to preach and then to rebuild ruined cities, the desolation of many generations. This is what he's preparing his sons and daughters who aren't sleeping. And I'll assume most everybody who follows us and our regulars with us are not the sleepers. And so there is a preparation being made for you all to be in a position to rule and reign with him. And you, the way he rules and reigns is with influence, it's with love, it's with servanthood, it's with solutions. It's, it's why he's the desire of the nations. He's the desire of the nations because he shows up and he's giving practical solutions, practical presence. He's loving. He deals with what he has to deal with. He's ruthless against darkness. He's ruthless against injustice. He's ruthless against that which comes against his little ones. And those who find their spirits stirred to be a part of that, we're really going to get some opportunities that haven't existed in a long time. Why it's been multi-generational, I don't know. I don't know if there just hasn't been enough. You know, uh, Gideon, what was it, 18 years the Midianites were ruling? And then suddenly Gideon, did, was it for 18 consecutive years the Lord tried to find a Gideon and say, hey, rise up, show something. And then finally, on the 18th year, if it was the 18th year, I know all of those judges had different. One of them was 18 years. Was was it finally there's somebody who begins to respond, even if it was filled with, you know, one like Gideon was the boldest man on the planet. But, he, you know, he needed all these proofs from heaven, confirmations and, OK, uh, you know, I, I need I need I need you to uh, prove that I'm supposed to be the one doing the same way as Moses. He's fine. The Lord's fine with those processes. But he finally gets somebody moving in some way. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, there is there is a, a, a great victory for the whole nation. The rest of the nation decides to participate, partake with it. And then there's freedom for many, many, many years because the judge awoke in a proper way. So there is um, this kind of dynamic taking place right now. It is super serious in it. it, You know, we have to smile and laugh because the kingdom of God is righteous, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. 
But we were living right under, uh, you know, just incredible proof that we have these people who've been ruling and reigning for multi-generational generations. They're trying to kill us and they have infiltrated everything. They have run with the seven mountain message for um, multi-generations and they have captured the top of all the seven mountains. It's interesting. We have these people worried about dominionism. The church wants to take over and all that kind of stuff. Well, they have taken over everything. They run government. They run the economy. They run education. They run arts and entertainment, Hollywood, Wall Street, anything. They are there. I don't know why mm -hmm. there would be a fearfulness of what this would look like if even, which is a distortion of our message that it's not about taking over. It's about influencing. It's about being light. You are the light of the world. You go to a place that's high because that's where light goes and you displace darkness, but you're not there imposing on people. You're setting people free. You're releasing the kingdom in that kind of setting. And so this is a message. This is an idea to be embraced. And in that embracing is to realize that if this doesn't happen, if we don't arise, then these things that are that have been killing us again, yeah. the word is going to get out. I'm going to tell you it's going to it's it, it, there's been over 100 million um, and I just like Africa has been picked on horribly. We all have been, but I'm telling you there's over a hundred million Africans have been killed and it's been used with vaccines and, and fake it. it well, it's not fake the way they've advanced HIV and AIDS and viruses, all these things they've been used as an experimental ground for how they advance things that could, that could diminish society to, you know, to being 500 million people as their utopian goal. And so we're, we're living, they haven't stopped doing that. The fact that well, you can try to go to a nation, when I think about going to a nation right now, I'm like, you can't go there because you have to be fully vaccinated. And then what, we just hear that uh, you can't go to school in California if you go to their public schools without children being fully vaccinated. Uh, that's the last thing I heard. And we know that this stuff is bad for you and ultimately in some way or another degrades your life and kills you. Yeah. It's happening right now under our nose in our life. And so we have to arise and shine. We don't do so with panic. So that's why I have to balance. I, I, I got the lightness and the smile because I feel that from the Lord. But it doesn't mean stay asleep. It doesn't mean I know I'm pretty active in things I'm doing on the side. And so I can I can know I'm not supposed to carry panic in the midst of that. Mm -hmm. And to those of you who wake up for the first time and discover what's taking place, you, you can go into full throttle panic because it's like, oh, my goodness, they're killing us. They're trying to kill us. They have. If you really, really wake up to what's going on, you have about 17 guns pointing at you. Well, we'll say seven. We'll take down the 17 number, mm -hmm. with you, but seven, one from every mountain from one from every uh, sphere of society. They have a media gun that's that's directed against you. They have an educational gun directed against you, a governmental gun. Uh, it's it's pointing at you, the economic gun, family, what they're mm. trying to do with family and the reduction, reinterpretation of family through arts and entertainment, the poisoning of entertainment. And then in religion itself, the infiltration uh, that's going to be exposed. And it's been massive where we've mm. had most the major churches and ministries actually uh, be a part of advancing the uh, the restrictive agenda and, and, and the pro-death agenda of the last couple of years and not even willing to celebrate when Roe v. Wade gets passed. So, yeah, if you didn't know that, you need to wake up to that. That's always the, uh, we'll say the tension I'm with is 
there's I, I I think pretty much everybody who follows us now that you've had to go to Rumble, you probably are the awake crowd. Yeah, we'll pass it on to yeah. others. And if you're not awake, that's the kind of message you hear. Well, if you can are, I, on that whatever. one point, I want to just just for a minute on that one point. So in case anyone doesn't know, because of your own church celebrated the passing of the overturning of Roe v. Wade, but there are a whole lot of mega churches that said almost nothing or said nothing about Roe v. Wade being overturned. Isn't that right? That's what you're saying. Is that would that be a strong indicator to people that they're that they somewhat sold out to the deep state, whether they did it on purpose or not? What What are well, your thoughts on that? Well, they should be, but again, there's this, you know, gradualism that takes place. Even if you sit in that type of church too long, you will grow lukewarm. You will grow into a compromising believer yourself. That's the thing. At some point, you have to save yourself from the spirit of compromise, from the lack mm. of courage, from the cowardliness. You know, that's a, that's a revelation scripture. Uh, when it talks about all these who will not inherit the kingdom of God, I believe the first one it mentions at some point, there's cowardice. And so this is not a, a, a little thing. I'm not trying to make a big point uh, on that other than that, that cowardice is is huge. And when it happens from those who are supposed to be the actual bastions of freedom and because and, that's what where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Jesus came to set the captives free. The Isaiah 61 is about the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, has anointed me to bring freedom to the captives. And that was a scripture in Luke 4.18. Jesus mm. began his ministry with, is this is who I am. I've come to set captives free. Whether, you're, whether your chains, whether your jail is your health, it, whether it's your economic status, yeah. whether whatever it is, whatever is restricting you, whatever is keeping you from being free, I have come to set you free. Notice he didn't come to put them in order. And that's still what some of the body of Christ has messed up. That's what a spirit of religion will come in and say, we need to do this so we can keep people in order. We can get them in line. That is not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is only advanced through influence. And its first desire, its first wish is to bring freedom to you. Yeah. And out of that freedom, it brings to you all other benefits that it has as well. And so this is something to, to be acknowledged. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So anyway, uh, Steve, this is, this is just such a, a key time and amazing time. And I, it's, I don't know how many days ago, it was almost a week ago that I woke up. I had this, I don't know if it was audible or not. It was the weirdest. Um, um, uh, twion. I got this word twion. And I, what, what I saw was T-W-I-O-N. I've never even heard of it before. T-W-I-O-N. And I'm like, and it's like the Lord says, look into T-W-I-O-N. And I'm like, T-W-I-O-N, that's not going to try on. That's, there's not going to be anything like that. And I actually looked it up and it, it's an it's an organization that does. I cannot figure who they're funded. I can't figure out this is one, uh, you know, stealthily funded by Soros individuals. But it's really designed to help the needy and, and children and those who have disabilities from and things that have happened because of floods and disasters and T-Y-T-W-I-O-N stands for the world is our neighbor. And so just in, and, and, and so I don't know about that group itself, but I feel like the carry away for me, it was so powerful the way it came in and the fact that it actually turned into being something yeah. that it stands for the world is our neighbor. You know, the scripture, the Lord says, 
You know, that was one of the great commandments, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. And so I think this is one of the things he does want us to have a takeaway with that. The world is our neighbor. If he says, love your neighbor as yourself, don't just think of who your next door neighbor is or your actual neighborhood. The way the world has been reduced, even through um, our capability to interact with anybody anywhere. You know, you Mm. can literally, you can, I'm on frequent Zooms and I'll have 20 something nations and we're all in the same things that the world is our neighbor. And so you love the Lord with all your heart, love your neighbor as, as yourself. This is just a new way we, we have to live. And part of, again, the way I grew up, I think you as well, Steve, with what I remember what you grew up in is the world is our enemy. Stay yeah. be separate, my yeah. people. That was a big thing. Be separate, my people. That's the opposite of well, that's what, Yeah, we were taught that being separate meant we were the run. We were the one group that revelation. These are they that keep the commandments of God. We were it. We, I mean, literally, our denomination taught that we were the one people on earth, on the face of the earth, that had the truth. In other words, everyone else was going to go to hell. Literally. Yeah. So. Anyway, and then let me do a couple of sports things in here, and then yeah. hopefully no, that's that's time for some questions. There's, you know, interesting, um, the baseball playoffs, and we have, of course, I like the Atlanta Braves. They were champions last year. They won 101 games, and they won their division this year. Mm. And um, But we have this dynamic in the National League where the two lowest ranked rated teams or the two teams with the least amount of wins, they were the wild card teams, the Padres and the Phillies, San Diego Padres and the Philadelphia Phillies, they're now the teams facing each other for who gets to go to the World Series. Wait, and they were the they were the least last year? No, I'll I'll tell you, I'll explain. Oh, okay, okay. So you have like if you win your division, you yeah. automatically go in. If you're second um uh, place, there's what they call the wild card teams as well. And so the wild card teams are teams that didn't win their division, but they have the next best records. Well, the teams that have already been eliminated, the Dodgers won 111 games this year. They were just knocked out by the Padres. Mm. And the wow. Atlanta Braves had 101 wins. The New York Mets, 101 wins. The St. Louis Cardinals, 93. So the two teams, the Padres won 89 games. It's out of 162, okay? They won 89 games. And the Phillies won 87. So the two teams that won in the 80s have beaten – in, in different in two different series, they've beaten the teams that have the hundred plus wins. It's like it's crazy, it's absolutely uh, how the mighty have fallen. You know, it's 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 a incredible thing. And there was something good about the Braves and about the Los Angeles Dodgers. They're the Angels, but there's just a little truth to us that's already coming out right now. And I'm just going to go there with it for a second. We'll see how this continues to play out in the American League. We still have. Uh, you know, the Yankee, the Houston Astros will be one team and the other will be the uh, between Cleveland and the New York uh, Yankees, whoever win, wins that. And I'm sure there's going to be a message, but there's already a message right now. You know, I've been speaking for the last several weeks on this word, Aaron, and how Aaron is important. Mm-hmm. Aaron means going really from from dark to light. And we talked about Aaron Donald and he was the MVP of, of uh, the football game. And he sacked, you know. Donald Sachs Joe and and didn't even That's bring so up the fact that Joe Burrow B U R R O W that was the net rest of the name of the quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals that word Burrow you look it up it means tunnel so Joe Tunnel Joe of the tunnels gets sacked by Donald 
number 99. And so that's how that game is ultimately won by the Los Angeles Rams. There was all, we went into that. We won't repeat it. And then there's the big story that we hit first, the, the, the focus on home run number 60, tying Babe Ruth, home run number 61, tying Roger Maris. And then finally home run number 62, where he broke the record for Aaron Judge. And Aaron Judge, both of these Aarons are number 99. They were both 30 at the time when they're when they're right. the attention. So it's like the Lord's been speaking about this. Well, we had another, the, the, my Braves got beat by the Philadelphia. I say my Braves, cause that's who I've liked for a long time, forever. The Philadelphia Phillies, Aaron Nola was the pitcher. And so he's the pitcher that led them into another, where, Aaron. another Aaron. We're going from dark to light. And, but here's the significance. So yes, the brave being brave is great. Los Angeles, the angels, Angels encourage that's that's a great thing. But why is the Lord putting an emphasis on San Diego Padres and the Philadelphia Phillies? This is what we want to extract for now as a truth. So the word Philadelphia, biblical name as well. Philadelphia uh, means brotherly love. And so it's um, the city of brotherly love is what it was originally called. And so the Philadelphia Phillies are now advancing to an, worth an opportunity. They're going to play the San Diego Padres and the winner of that. So one of them is going to be out. Winner of that will go uh, go to the World World Series. But Philadelphia, the attention to Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Eagles in football, they're also undefeated. They're six and zero, unexpectedly, not supposed to. But they're the, you know they're not supposed to be winning like this, and they're the only undefeated team in the NFL right now. And they're they are the uh, the Eagles. And Philadelphia just has a key connotation right now. We're tied into blowing the shofar. And, and Jubilee and everything else. The Liberty Bell, you know, Philadelphia, if you go back to 1776, which is what's also being talked about right now, how we're going back to Revolution 1776, our capital in 1776 was Philadelphia, not Washington, D.C. And it's also Philadelphia is the home of the Liberty Bell. And the Liberty Bell has is a scripture under it, uh, the Leviticus 25, and you shall blow the uh, uh the Trump really blow the Trump. It's uh, Leviticus 25 is all about Jubilee, the year of Jubilee and blowing the Trump. So the Liberty Bell became synonymous with blowing, uh, you know, blowing the trumpet for Jubilee. And that's the association. So there's something the Lord is drawing our attention to what Philadelphia was, what it represented. Uh, 1776, the Liberty Bell, Jubilee. And so um, and brotherly love. Okay. And so San Diego Padres, if you actually translate that, San Diego means it's Spanish word. San Diego means St. James. Um, the St. James Padres fathers. So this is about fathers and brothers. There's brotherly love and fatherly care. So the Lord's like, this is now we're going the next step beyond you know, leaning on angels. We want you to be courageous and brave and all that. But I'm looking for brotherly love. And I'm looking for fatherly care. I'm looking for brothers and fathers right now. And this is, and they're, you know, they were the uh, overlooked. We'll say yeah. it was assumed they wouldn't have have a chance to win. And interestingly enough, Aaron Nola has a brother, Austin Nola, who plays catcher for San Diego Padres. So the Nolas have one brother uh, playing for the Philadelphia team and the other one plays for San Diego. And and um, and so this there's there's this brother connection as well. And so the Lord is really looking for a relational dynamic from us, from his people at this time. It's like, don't forget, the, yeah, you need the angels. You need the courage. 
but he's really looking to work. Part of this upgrade, um, upgraded guard that he's going to release right now, he's looking for fathers, for fathers, mothers, brothers, brotherly love. And so it's been hard because we're in such a contested environment and it's it's made more for, you know, wanting mm. to be defensive and fight and all that kind of stuff. But this is part of the, we're in a shift that's taking place yeah. right right now. And he's really looking for families of legacy. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Head to ElijahStreams.com and click the Donate Today button. Now, back to the show. I'm just going to tell I'm feeling that by the spirit right now. Families of legacy. Be thinking of that moving forward. He's removing families of legacy. The men and men at Tekel Ufarsen, those who've been found in the balance, found wanting in the balance, and there's been a removal. And he's looking for those who will be these replacement families, kingdom families who position themselves for multi-generations to receive the kingdom, to be those who will step into an Isaiah 61 day where they'll say, the release of the full release of captives of every sort. Yes, the human traffic captives, uh, those that are Department of Family and Children Services and foster children. You know, the captives are, are all over the place, as well as in the body of Christ. So this is a, a real call for us to, um, uh, to, to upgrade. And he's speaking to us again, even through uh, sports things that are taking place. And I have some of you that send me. And some I hadn't had a chance to look at, but it's amazing. We got some good, we'll say, uh, followers that uh, are always sending their uh, their takes on how they're seeing the numbers play out and the names and what's going on. Um, but he really does begin to speak through those things that have a lot of eyes on it. And, and the message is just true for now. Good. Good. So wow. go ahead. I was just going to say, Steve, um, I think if you have some questions. I do. Right. We can go that we can go there now. Yeah. Okay. So um I've been I've been changing as we go and shifting as we go <laughs> for whichever which I'm gonna hit. Okay, so I'm gonna blend two questions together. Um first a, a quick backstory. I've been getting more and more these last few days, people saying I've lost all hope. Um uh, you've said all the prophets have said all this is gonna happen, it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen, and they've said now. All the bad people are still in charge. They're still at the helm. So here's my double-sided question here. A few minutes ago, you heard a tearing in the spirit. I want you to elaborate on the tearing. And did something just happen? Or are you hearing what has already has recently happened? And the second question is, can you add to that what you said at least a few weeks ago about that we'll, people were going to find out that Trump really never left i think you said it that way or that he's still the commander-in-chief kind of remind people what you said and what you believe so blend that all together if you can yeah well first of all it's amazing as soon as you said that rending i heard it again it's like it just makes me shock wow. inside and you never quite know when you see something like that or feel something because you don't know timing uh um it, did you just hear something that is happening did happen is going yeah. to happen you have to go to the next level of questioning with the Lord. The timing factor is always from our end is always the harder part. They right. don't need timing in heaven. They're they're out. Of, they're in eternity. They don't have time. And if you look at even the challenges of the prophetic, always the whole Old Testament, um, you I don't know if you can find even one case. If so, it'll be very rare. The prophets were throughout all the books of the Bible. You know, they're everywhere. And yet. 
you'll find it just the rarest thing that they'll say, you know, some example of December 11th, this is going to happen. There was almost nothing like that. The closest they would say is, you know, during this season, next, they might do something within days. But I mean, they had, a, they had a couple of rare things where the book of Daniel on to 2,300 uh, mornings and evenings, then the sanctuary would be cleansed. And people track that forward in years and come to the presentation of, Jesus Christ on the cross or at the temple, whatever you have that, but it was, it was hundreds of years in prophecy, Daniel, 70 years of prophecy, but you don't have a normally a day. No, and it's sort of, it doesn't really help you on your wake. Mm -hmm. It's on your, it's only looking back. You go, okay, I think that's what that meant. It's still wrapped. The timing of it seems to be forever wrapped in some sort of mystery. We're saying even Samuel, who's kind of the utopian prophetic voice, because the Lord, you never hear it about anybody else, says the Lord came to a place where no words fell from whatever, it didn't fall to the ground, that Samuel's words didn't fall to the ground, meaning, okay, he fulfills every word, and he's the one, you know, says, David, you are now king, yet David wasn't king for at least 15 years, and uh, even when Saul died, there's a replacement king for a couple of years, and then it's actually seven years before most of the tribes, except, you know, there's just Judah, essentially, and there's 10 tribes that for the first seven years of David being king, despite Samuel having prophesied, that didn't make Samuel a false prophet. It's just those type of things are, you know, we'll say from heaven's standpoint, a lot of that, well, incidental, incidental, as far as when it happens. Now, as far as what I'm saying, we're saying is, and and it is important uh, um, on this matter, and we, you may want to go in there as a part two to this, uh, to Steve, is, is there is commentary, you know, prophets and prophetic voices. We are often saying, I do, th- this is a prophetic word. Yeah. And then often we're just talking, we say something, and people will say, the prophet well, yeah. so-and-so said. Just for people to know, you know, we had talked, this is, we never talk about questions I'm going to ask you, except this one today. We did say, I'm going to ask you, is every word a prophet ever says a prophecy? You know? And so, no, it's not. You know, we have it. it Again, I, I clearly will say this is a prophetic word. I'll tell you about the earthquakes, and there's going to be a 7.7. It's going to be here. And so either the way I'm saying it, you can tell I'm giving it as a prophetic word, or I'll flat out say, or sometimes Steve will do the, the great thing of saying, are you saying this as a prophetic word? I go, well, yes, this is a prophetic word. And it's important because every word that comes from a prophetic individual, whether you call them a prophet or a prophetic, is not doesn't it's, it doesn't mean it's that it should be sourced as well the prophet said um it could just be uh, you know uh it it opinion it could be informed deductive reasoning it could be you know i have all kinds of well, you know, well not only that but johnny couldn't you wake up and say to you this must have happened before it seems like it feels like it's going to rain today and then it doesn't rain. You never said it. You never prophesied that it would not rain like like Elijah. I mean, right? I mean, it's just because you think something or even feel like something doesn't mean you're a false or accurate prophet in that. What right. You- so people, anything that I or other prophetic people will say, they will say the prophet, the guy, so-called or self-appointed prophet says this. And it's there has to be a differentiation made between is he just giving a conjecture opinion, even an apostolic perspective, or is it a prophetic word? So back to what, what you're saying, 
I know here's the, the unshakable, the actual words that I do know I have from the Lord. And okay. back to all the way from March of 2016, when the Lord showed me supernatural as a vision, as a picture. And and it, Trump, it, the picture showed him winning. And I, I actually went, oh, no, because um, it means all kinds of uh, uh, guessing that I had of how things were going to connect and be where I was wrong about uh, right then, not, not previous prophetic words, but just a perspective. It was a perspective alignment um, for me. And so, and the Lord said, um, I'm going to save you from things you don't know you need to be saved from related to Trump. He says the whole, your nation will be known as before Trump and after Trump. In fact, the whole world will be known as before Trump and after. I've been saying that forever. Yeah, you know, you I've said this at least a yeah, dozen the, years. That's an exact quote that is, yeah. And it means more and more every, now we know why it's so intense, why it delays so long, why there are so many intricacies, strings connect, you know, connected to it. You think, okay, there's just two or three things. You need to remove the president, put one there. And you then you realize, oh my goodness, at all seven mountains, the infiltration, there are thousands of people at the, we'll say at the, at the middle level, that are holding power and 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 not allowing things to be dealt with that need to be dealt with. They're having to be removed. So there's all kinds of this whole process of the last two or three years has been full of surprises for me, beginning with that. And I've made no bones. It was a surprise. It was not my choice. It's my choice now. I fully love uh, President Trump, who he is, what all he's about. But most of my love is because the Lord said he's my man. And so that's me. As soon as I know I'm out of out of whack, I'll get a prophetic word myself and speak. And like, I didn't know, I didn't used, to, I didn't believe that. That's from the Lord. So I now align myself. You're saying you'll suddenly hear yourself say something that it disagrees with you. Yes. Okay. Just want to say that you you didn't believe it, you didn't agree with it, and yet it came out of your mouth. That's one of your tests that it was a word from the Lord. Yes. And now I will agree. I remember I've, I've shared this before. I'm meeting with a mayor in Peru and I was like, there's going to be, you know, there's going to be a silver mine fall, uh, discovered over here and two salt mines over here mm. and a zinc mine here. And I'm in my own conversation, my brain, I'm like, what are you doing, dude? This is not <laughs> going to happen. And, and, and so, but then I fall in line and I agree with what the prophetic word the Lord gives through me as it relates to that. I also, the Lord said he would be here more than four years now um, um, to me. And I spoke that he will be here more than that. Trump would be more than four years. And I realized the part then that you just deduce there's deductive things that he doesn't. If you go, did he actually say that? And you go, no, but um, um, I did. The Lord did say he would have a second term. And and um, and, and not only that, that he was concurrent. And that it is, I've asked him 50 times, is, do you recognize who do you, who's president, especially back? I don't ask him anymore now. We got that one settled. Um, um, it, I know I have understanding of a lot of dynamics I didn't understand before. So that's part is when you hear some things prophetically, they seem impossible. Then you find out how they are possible from all kinds of other, uh, other, other means, but there's uh, other ways, but, you the Lord okay, said, finish. I don't want you to lose that thought, though. You said you don't no longer ask him who's president. And why don't you ask him? What is his answer? He president Donald Trump is okay. president. OK, and he's president. But again, when we think president, we think president, uh, you know, this title name of something president. He lets me know he who presides 
over United States governmentally is Donald Trump. And so that, that hasn't changed at all. Okay. And so, and he's commander in chief and he's been commander in chief the whole time. Now, the reason I understand now why it gets so complicated is because we have this dynamic of what we're learning about. I don't know who may have been speaking about it. Some of your programs, show. I, I haven't listened to Mel K. Mel K could be one of those that would talk about it as well. There's the corporation of the United States. We right. were sold out from being the Republic in 1871. I've spoken some about yeah. it. Mm -hmm. And so we, when we talk about this person that's in the in the seat where Biden is right now, we are talking about the president of this corporation that's based out of Washington, D.C. That is all it's in so much violation of the Constitution. It's illegitimate um, and it's illegal and illegitimate. And so that seat is not valuable anymore. And most likely when there is um, whatever visible seat that President Donald Trump shows up in. I am pretty confident that it's not going to be that one. It's yeah. not going to be, um, you know, it's not going to be because it's end of the world as we know it. And that's that makes sense why the Lord would say your nation will be known as before Trump and after yeah. Trump. So, no, so let me just, so I'm the viewing audience. Yes, it's good. Okay? And, and you just said, I'm pretty confident that it won't be that you you didn't say White House, but you're saying that white you're pretty confident that he won't be in that White House, but in something else. You're not saying thus saith the Lord. You're saying I'm pretty confident. And that's one of the things you're talking about. Johnny Enlow did not just prophesy he won't be in there, but Johnny Enlow did say I'm pretty confident he won't be. Is, is that fair to say it? Yes, and that is now that's a good time to bring it in. It's And I'm not saying specifically the White House. I don't know about the White House. Okay. I have a lot of reasons to believe why it's not the White House. I don't have a word from God on that. Okay. I don't have a word from God exactly how how Trump, what it will look like. Okay, that's okay. a little bit of a surprise to be revealed. We have different conjecture, different things we're hearing. And I believe him. Again, that's part of, uh, you know, I would do a better job at giving straight prophetic words if i didn't study or have knowledge of things but i do yeah. i have an apostolic mind too i want to know i have governmental yeah. connections in multiple nations actually and so there's a lot of things i know and out of what i know i will speak sometimes and it's good for that type of type of clarification i try to say that myself but but that was a good for instance for people to hear if i say i feel fairly confident you don't say well the prophet johnny said that, that just means I feel pretty confident based on yeah. what I know about the plan from God's side and that. But I'm not giving that as right. as the prophetic word. Yeah. And, and now and then now this is now I'm speaking as Steve Schultz, the interviewer, with what I've learned about you and know I put weight in that, not a prophecy weight, because you didn't prophesy, but because of the wisdom that God, of God that operates in you and the things you know. I put weight on that personally and think, boy, I bet Johnny's right. But I, if I went and told everybody Johnny said that, it wouldn't be this way. You know, that would be a, that would be an untruth. And that is a good something for people to be aware of. So there, at some point you can be aware there's somebody that it's like when you when Steve has, you know, patriots and, and prophets and patriots, patriots there not to give prophetic words. They're right. to give. They're to give actual intel, insight, things they know. 
Well, I have a lot of that as well. I actually could show up and just give a perspective as a yeah. patriot based on things that I know behind the scene or feel like I know behind the scenes. And, and based on that and what seems to be evidence, I could, I could, I could do a whole, I could be the, the, the patriot. So I speak out as a patriot, but as a patriot that also has, um, um, I have two things I do. I have access to, it's amazing how many people contact us because of our voice, because of our platform yeah. um, that goes out, even people in high places. So we have actual information, intel, possibility um, that, that takes place because of that. Then I have my own relationship with the Lord as well. And so there's, and then, you know, uh, I've been a believer for multiple decades and a fifth generation minister. Um, and, and so there's those kind of things, but it's still less than, uh, or different than it's different than a prophetic word. There's a lot of that type of processing comes with a lot of understanding. And, and so, I and do now, share that kind of stuff some. So so let me go back into this question a little bit deeper. And I'm going to ask you, is this a uh, I believe statement, I feel like statement, I'm pretty confident statement, where we talked about that maybe the time would come, or I'm not gonna I'm I'm not gonna use the word maybe. The time would come, maybe I should use, you know, where we would see that Trump never left. Um how would how would you couch that? Is that a gut feeling, or or is that even an accurate statement? I might have not even said well, that. there's things, Lord. There was I think I shared a few weeks ago. Is like I woke up and it's almost almost an audible voice. The reversal has taken place, and um and so I have when, to. How ask long ago Lord, was that? How long ago was that? It's a few weeks ago. We okay. talked briefly about it. Okay. And so it's where I began to say, and I said it for about two weeks in a row. I said, we're going to find out in the same way that Roe v. Wade had already happened. Yeah. When it was announced, we found out it had happened weeks or months before. I said, we're going to find out this election has already been overturned. And I said, it's for sure been overturned in heaven. That's a prophetic. I'll say as a, that's pro, that's prophecy. Yeah. It has been overturned. It was never recognized in heaven uh, okay. more than even being overturned. And I also believe that when the Lord says, this is what I believe is when he says the reversal has already taken place. I think he is saying that it applies to the fact that the Supreme Court in a similar ruling to Roe v. Wade has already declared that this 2020 election was fraudulent. And it's just a matter of when it gets announced. I don't know why it's being withheld from being announced. If it's for strategic reasons, if uh, there's intimidation reasons, I don't know. I don't. That's the part I don't see. But I, I, I do believe it's a prophetic word from the Lord. It's something I believe okay. that we're going to find out. And I'll say that as prophetic, and I'll, you know, I'll back off and say, all right, I was wrong about that. If yeah. I need to be, it's worth. We're getting close to were the midterms and there is, I don't know if I've ever said it prophetically, but I've probably said it. I don't believe that we can get to the midterms and not have the last election taken care of. Um, like I believe, but not as a prophetic word. I just logic everything I know and think, I do not know how we could have another election without the last one being um, overturned, made right in some way. Now, could I be wrong that there's some creative way this thing happens? Yeah. 
and I'll just say so. So I'm not I'm not saying as a definitive prophetic word that the midterms cannot happen without Trump having made a visible move where the people know, where everybody knows he's he's president. These things are so um, nuanced and, and yeah, difficult to I'm nail gonna down. I'm going to ask you to rewind a little bit and say that again one more time, what you just said, because I'm – go ahead. Okay. That spot. So – I have a, I don't know if it's a gut feeling. I believe Trump will be visibly back in front of the people in a way that satisfies them as leader. I don't know if I should say it. Let me see how I would say it, even for myself. Before the midterms, which are just right around the corner. And, and, but I'm not saying I have a word from God. Whatever it is, I don't have a word from God that it will. Because I just realize there's there's so many people are asleep. They don't really even know. Um, I mean, the part that you can know if you're just following even crooked news is every time Trump is doing, it seems like every week he's doing another appearance somewhere, mm-hmm. a packed out place. He's giving his message out. He's clearly, and, and they respond to it. They threaten. They're wanting to arrest him. They may arrest uh, there's some inner circle people there think Trump's going to be arrested at this part of the plan and not to be uh, freaked out if it happens and all that kind of stuff. And so that that could happen as well. There's so many between the psyops of the intelligence process that we're going through and the psyops of the way the Lord does and says things. He because he literally tells us he calls those things which be not as though they are. Now, we just apply this. So. That's the part what he tells me is like, I've told you he's president. What else do you need to know? And like, I want the nuance. When is he going to be here? And I was like, just call those things which be not as though, as be not in your pretend fake world, because his world is the real, is the real thing. And it's not that our world's fake, um, but comparison to the spirit realm, it is. And then the way it's been manipulated, it's really, uh, really fake. So for clarity, for your whoever is listening, I do not have a prophetic word that before midterms, Trump will make an appearance and officially be president. I just don't think he can be president of what existed. But as far as in some way presented as commander in chief, it's possible that the military holds for a few months that that ground, that that position. So I just can't go into prophecy there. Yeah. But just be processing. I, I always Prophecy comes into what the Lord has spoken to me comes into as one of the ingredients of my observation, what people are telling me and what prophecy feeds and tells me. Um, and so I put those all together and sometimes I, I, yeah. I share I share out of that. Now, let, let's talk for a minute about um, from Johnny, the wise counselor. OK, let's let's take you from the from not necessarily the prophetic unless something hits you that way. But let's. Let's recap the what we understand. So in 1871, Ulysses S. Grant and the powers that be sold us out. We became, we were left being a republic, and we became a, a United States corporation, United States Incorporated. Everything changed. So even though we kept saying the Pledge of Allegiance and to the Republic for which it stands, we were we were saying the pledge, but we were no longer a Republican. Is that accurate? Um, ish, <laughs> it, yeah. Um, 
and so you know i'll just recommend this guy um right now i hadn't thought of doing it i recommend yeah. people listening to uh, um a guy named Derek johnson who's just oh, come yeah. out he's amazing month or two just to understand the legalities of what's taking place and there's there was something from last week that um and again i didn't have it pre-planned uh, is it Ann Vander um, Vander Steel and Vander, Vander Steel? Yeah, she inter- she interviewed him on her program like a okay. week ago. Okay, and and it was amazingly concise because she was doing an interview it was under an hour, and they did it with um, we'll say some screen presentations of certain laws and different things. If you want to have understanding of the legalities of what's been taking place and what's going on. And that I consider to be very credible. If you, if, again, that's my. Um, oh, and and let me just add this: uh, Derek Johnson, he's a vet, retired vet, a young man still. Uh, Julie, maybe you can put on my notes when we have him coming on uh, next week or the week after. Maybe she can type that out for me. Uh, he is the one that will prove to you. Now he's he's the patriot side of prophets and patriots. He's a believer. Uh, he will prove to you that Trump never left office, he will prove to you that when the inauguration happened with Biden, it was a full-on formal funeral. All of the gun salutes, all of the things were, it was a funeral for Biden that Trump never left office and that he, he will talk about uh, Trump's uh, executive, uh, executive orders. I think there's three that specifically that will prove he never left office. He set it all up. Uh, that he would remain in perpetuity until this matter solved. I don't mean in perpetuity. He no. would remain. Go ahead. And that is what we're talking about. There is informed uh, opinion based on understanding law. See, we're so uh, we have been so dumbed down our education. We don't even know what the, found, the foundations of our nation are, and we have we don't understand what the Constitution means. And this is something Derek will bring back. Yeah. Understanding the Constitution, why executive orders are made, what 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 matters, what things go into effect by law legally um, when a president makes an executive order and when a Congress doesn't properly steward that executive order, what other dynamic kicks in immediately. And then he'll explain to you things you just didn't know. And I think he has, he'll send you up to 500 pages of proofs of these things, but it will begin to, um, to explain dynamics such as even uh, the Constitution must bow to, well, military law was before anything else. Now, he'll explain, give the dates and everything yeah. else. So there's a credibility with her. And you're like, so it's like military law is greater than even other law. And yeah, other law that's it, built and, uh, apart from military law in the Constitution, if it violates military law in the Constitution, it is illegal. So back to what you're saying. Yeah, there are things we're saying to the Republic for which it stand one's na- one nation under God. We're acting like um, we're doing this and DC is the capital. DC can't be the capital uh, if you properly understand the Republic and everything else. And the fact that this is a corporate place, you know, I, I won't go into it. Somebody else go into it more, but there is, there is understanding from a patriotic perspective that tells you apart from the Lord saying, he's my president, he's my leader, he's my Cyrus, all the things he's told me for the last uh, six years, that stuff the Lord has told me, we'll say in a supernatural way over and over and over. And then I now don't have to keep asking him how that is That's good. When, when there's these other things. That's good. That, that yes. Yeah, so in other words, you're not in a place where you're going to go now, Lord, uh, two months ago, you told me this is true. 
Lord, are you sure it's still true? You don't do that, right? You've heard the answer. So, uh, by the way, October 28th, so that's 11 days from now, Derek Johnson will be on. We took, it took us a while to get him. You know, he'd probably come on wearing his cowboy hat. He's a vet. I have, I've seen him in full, I'd say regalia, not regalia, but it looks like a SEAL team. I don't think he is SEAL team, uh, but he looks like one the way he's dressed with his whole military. You know, he did his service to the country. But, uh, man, that guy is a young man. You know, he's also a singer-songwriter, country-western, and pretty good because I played his clips just to see. But uh, you got to hear Derek Johnson. He loves God. He yep. loves country. And he has no patience for those that don't, which is, a, don't. Really, which is a really good. Yeah, it's, it's a great wake-up bucket of water in the face. But on, on just on this thing for a second more, yeah. see, for, for instance, we talked about, so I blew the shofar. Yeah. And I don't always blow the shofar on a prophetic word. And oh. and so this is part of, you know, there's things you do. Uh, um, there's things you do as a prophet or prophetically. And there are things you do just because it's part of your fighting mechanism in a spiritual warrior type of way. That's good. So I didn't necessarily, or if I did, I didn't know. It's not like I heard God give me a word that says, go blow the shofar out there. And stop that storm. I had something rise up in my own spirit. And like, I'm going to fight this thing. And I'm going to blow the shofar. Because I love, you know, a, a verse I've shared before. But I'll say it. Psalm 47, 5. God has gone up with a shout. The Lord with the sound of a trump. Or of a trumpet. Depending what version of the Bible. So God goes up with the sound. If people go, how's what's the understanding there? It means, Lord, we need help. Your intervention and this all kinds of history we've given about it before, but God goes up with the sound of the trumpet. And so it's like, he's, he works for us. He's doing things and something, I just know something happens and my confidence is in God. God is the one that goes up with the sound of the trump. So I didn't operate out of prophetic. I operated out of my own spiritual warrior instinct. I'm going to fight this thing. And sometimes I do the same thing with words and I'm like, no, I don't accept that. And I'm not going in the, and I, in the name of Jesus, I say no. And I say this, well, I'm not necessarily giving a prophetic word. I'm just fighting. And so, you know, that's part of what we have to know as well is, is there a guaranteed prophetic word taking place? I saw this and it happened, or is it just part of uh, fighting? Cause I'll say if somebody is like, no, they've told me I'm going to die. No, you're not in the name of Jesus. And I'm I'm fighting. Yeah, and I'm not really giving a, a, you know a guaranteed prophetic word. Which at that moment, you're tapping into because you've lived a life of understanding who you're who you are. What your authority is that you literally, as a child of God, spirit filled, you have authority. It's resident. You don't have to ask God, "Do I have authority to do this?" Most of the time, you just know you do. And so you're not saying that God's duty bound to make it happen the way you're decreeing it, you're pretty confident. It sounds like you're pretty confident he will back whatever you decree. But uh, And I, I am, but I have to say it used to be a lot easier to do that because I didn't have so many ears and eyes on me. Now, unfortunately, there's a way that it will be taken of, well, the prophet said this. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, and, and so I have to think through that even before, I have to be careful to encourage people as fast as I normally would, because I'm like, they're going to report this in their own mind. The prophet said this. And so it's like, 
that just is a good opportunity to tell you if you're not famous and you have a prophetic gift, thank God, do all yeah. you can from, from that yeah. position. I, I was able to do a whole lot more when, uh, you know, uh, when nobody knew who I was. And that's yeah. when. I, you know, there was nation changing things happened because I just said it and I didn't have to. Uh, well, in your private life, when no eyes are on you, is probably going to be some of your most powerful. Although the thing you did about billionaires a few weeks ago, that wasn't private at all. But like I got my shofar and I got a new one delivered today. Now I have multiple days, several days in a row. I didn't do it today because frankly, I forgot I got rushed to the show. I would go in the other room, even my wife's out here in this part, and I went back in the back, and I said, I'm going to go blow the shofar. I prayed, I decreed for the program, I decreed, decreed for the anointing, and I blew the shofar with a long, loud, she said, I can't believe how long that was. Uh, but I had a feeling, I, my, my sense was that God was adding authority and power and anointing when I did that. I just felt it, you know, but I wasn't necessarily decreeing well, I just decreed what I decreed. This is yeah. put that way, you know, and then I'm I'm happy with it, you know. So it yeah. doesn't have to be a prophecy every time you blow it. It could just be a, a decree, a call for the anointing, a, a gathering of the saints, whatever. Yeah, and basically to the body of Christ, you know, you keep the prophetic as a gift to the body of Christ when you properly steward and function it. When you don't make idols out of them, you don't make yeah. every word, every opinion. Uh, and unfortunately, some younger prophetic individuals, prophets, it can start going to their head and they actually start buying the press that every word, every thought that comes from them is the prophet. Mm -hmm. just, it's, it's just like you're on a slippery yeah. slope. You're, you're best not not going there. And, and you, you stop being able to be of much service to the body of Christ when you become that type of head case, because he's not really trying to raise anybody up as a voice. Um, differently than the Lord. We're, we're even everything we're, we're giving prophetically is to, to help push people, steer people to a relationship with the Lord, to what they're hearing from the Lord. That's a proper stewardship of the prophetic that's that's taking place, not these idols that develop. By the way, before I'm going to ask you to pray, uh, before we go, uh, Michael is reminding me that we do carry shofars in our online store. What do you know? I, I went to, I didn't, I forgot that. I think I knew that once. So you go to Elijah's store, ElijahListStore.com, ElijahListStore, and, and I can't believe I forgot that. And I went to uh, Amazon to order. That's crazy. But anyway, just so you all know. So I have no idea what they cost, but. Uh, well, Johnny, you feel like praying for the people? And yeah, actually, as uh, as part of it, I feel this is something I do feel like it's something from the Lord, not just okay. me. I'm going to blow the shofar because I feel like I'm hearing um, the Lord's allowing me to hear. There's people saying, thinking and saying, I, I hope he blows the shofar like there. There's awesome. an opportunity to kind of, to, you know, high five each other by faith. And there's some of you, you either I believe you have either a health consideration, some breakthrough consideration that you're needing. And we're going to believe this. God has gone up with the sound of the of the shofar. God has gone up with the sound of the trumpet. So it's an opportunity for us to join in faith, to release something. And, and specifically those, I do believe there's there's a, a good number that have that have just uh, just hoped that there was another blowing of the shofar yeah. so they could connect their, their faith for it. So I just want to do, yeah. do that real quick.
Awesome. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, wow. So, Lord, whoever that was, whoever needed an opportunity to trigger and exercise their own faith, let that happen right now, Lord. Let your presence, let your power, Lord, let your power in a visible manner fall. I, I see in the spirit it falling on several of you. And Lord, I just thank you for that, for the confirmation from you that you are on the matter that they were bringing before you, your supernatural intervention. We declare this Psalm 47, 5. God has gone up with, with a shout. The Lord with the sound of the trumpet. Lord, we thank you. You are arising on behalf of your people. The foolishness of God is wiser than men. And this way of releasing your kingdom, the power of your kingdom, is something that you love doing. So, Lord, thank you for what you're doing for your sons and daughters right now. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Okay, we have your website on the restore7.org. I can't point to it because you're on a different square than I have. And if I could add to yeah, that, I don't know if they can go put it in. We have our um, uh, Rumble Restore 7 I think you look it up as Restore 7 Rumble. Um, we're also, that's where we have to do most everything. We have a kind of a weekly up for discussion. So find find that. And and we do some, we'll say they're more pastoral topics that Elizabeth and I do together. It's a little a different um, pace than this, but people have been blessed by it too. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So Restore 7. I think it almost seems like I went to a Rumble and I just typed in Johnny Enlow and it came up. Probably. And once you do that, yeah. It, once you type in the search engine, those both Rumble and, and YouTube aren't aren't bad. In, in Illumination, put it in in the in there for us. Thank you. Okay, Rumble.com. Yeah, yeah, I can't. It's you. Johnny Elizabeth Enlow. Yeah, it looks like for for people to type that in, it looks like that will work. Then so, all right. God bless you. Thank you, Johnny. As well, all, as always, so 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 good. So let's see tomorrow. Okay, Amanda Grace tomorrow. Sorry about that. Amanda Grace. And then tomorrow afternoon, we do have a special second one. I don't, we're not a political um, channel, but I'm in the state of Oregon and the, in the, the, um, the Republican candidate for Senate out of Oregon is going to, we've interviewed her once before. I'm going to interview her tomorrow afternoon and make that one exception so she can. So anyone, tell your people from Oregon tomorrow afternoon. And I think it is at uh, 3 p.m. tomorrow. So. Have a great day, everybody. Blessings, blessings, and we will see you all tomorrow. Bye-bye. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on YouTube, Rumble, and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Click the link in the description to become a partner today.